My Grandfather's Hectic Home My father grew up in an unhappy family, bordering on dysfunctional, as he described it. His stepmother, Aunt Ethel, was a poor housekeeper and an inept financial manager. Not that there was much finance to manage. My father's six half-sisters were born so close together that he remembers most of his growing years in a home filled with clutter, dirt, and the aroma of stinky diapers in the day, and bedbugs swarming over his mattress at night. My father's father bought a farm just in time to welcome in the financial crash of 1929. He bought it one day, lost it the next, essentially. The rest of his life, Grandpa would share crop and hire out as a farm worker, not the road to riches. Often he would work for his sons, Randall and Delphin, who both had farms. The peace of the gospel did not grace my father's home growing up. My grandfather enjoyed his pipe and did not enjoy activity in the church. I think it was tied to his feelings of failure as a provider. He hated the idea of paying tithing to the church. He said, My argument is not with my God, it is with those who want to take my wallet. He also seemed to withdraw from a leadership role in the family. Partly this was a communication problem. My grandfather was hard of hearing. The family story was that once when he was working in a field, he got tired and lay down for a nap on a ditch bank. A bug crawled inside his ear and ate a hole in his eardrum. I accepted that story long into adulthood. But one day my brother Gordon said, Does that make sense? A bug would eat your eardrum? Or even more strange, two bugs would eat both eardrums at one sitting? Hmm. <laughs> that seemed to me then and now a good question. Being no expert on either bugs or eardrums, I withhold judgment. The only way to get a message into Grandpa was to shout into his ear. The neighbors probably knew as much of what went on in the Hyatt household as did the people inside the house. And Grandpa never recovered from the loss of his farm or from his most crushing loss, the death of his young wife. As my dad related the story, in his grief and insecurity, Grandpa fell into the arms, or the clutches, of a schoolteacher named Ethel Tanner. Grandpa and Aunt Ethel must have had something going for them. She bore him six daughters in fairly quick succession. To her daughters, she was mom, and to their children, grandma. But to her stepsons and their children. She was known as Aunt Ethel. To me as a child, Aunt Ethel was scary. She had a shrill voice that could peel the wallpaper off the walls. She would shriek, this, which was short for Sylvester, which was short for Franklin Sylvester, which was Grandpa's full name. 
then announce her message, and Grandpa would nod and then amble off to perform the assigned duty or just to escape. And Ethel's signature laugh completed the caricature, a high-pitched cackle that made me afraid to look in her oven to see who might be in there. Grandpa had his escape hatch, but my father had no such refuge of deafness to run into. He had to hear every word. Most of those words were harsh criticisms of him. She always told me, you can't do anything. You'll never mount anything. So my dad said. According to dad, she was light on her daughters, but heavy on the boys and most heavy on him, the youngest son. In some defense or explanation of Aunt Ethel, her designated title itself indicates the problem. She never achieved the rank of mother with her sons or grandmother with their children. Surely this sent her a message about their lack of acceptance of her as a mother. Beyond this, apparently Grandpa never quite got over mourning the passing of his first wife, Adela. He kept her picture, also containing a lock of her hair, hanging above their bed. I can believe this was no comfort to his second wife. Certainly, my father longed for his, for his lost mother. Probably the insecurity and the lack of acceptance that Aunt Ethel lived with contributed to her harsh manner with her stepsons. Whether it was as bad as my father described it, and whether most of the problem came from their poverty or lack of social standing rather than from their stepmother and their ineffective father, no one will know this side of the veil. We had to cut Aunt Ethel a little slack a few years ago when we read an article in the Church Ensign magazine. It was from a woman in Payson. She said when she was newly married and a young mother, she often felt overwhelmed and discouraged. Her two angelic visiting teachers were older women of long experience and great compassion. They helped her negotiate these difficult years. One of these saintly women was Ethel Hyatt. <gasps> My brother Gordon and I were stunned. We thought, surely this was a typographical error. Maybe there was another elderly lady in Payson named Ethel Hyatt. Not likely in our little town. Maybe... And Ethel changed in her older years. Maybe she was never as scary as we had been led to believe. Maybe we will owe her an apology when we see her again. I'm ready to apologize. I hope it makes her happy. I just hope it doesn't make her so happy that she laughs. Well, there was laughter, but not much happiness on his part. The day Dad went to school looking like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs>